Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership, change, and personal growth. The goal? To help you lead like never before in your church or in your business. And now, your host, Carrie Newhoff. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 340 of the podcast. My name is Carrie Newhoff, and I hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. Today's episode is brought to you by Generis, and my guest is none other than Annie F. Downs. And if you know who Annie is, she's been on this uh, podcast before. Uh, man, she is so much fun and host of the That Sounds Fun podcast. And I think you're going to love this episode because one of the myths we debunk, and if you can watch this on YouTube, like, I mean, we're not making this up. So I know nine out of 10 of you who listen to this podcast are going to access it via audio. But if you get a chance to pop over to YouTube, this is a lot of fun because she is literally holed up in a spare room with a blanket from Target and a cheap microphone doing her podcast that is reaching millions. One of the discussions we've had uh, online and to some extent on the show is people think you need a lot of money to make a big impact online. Actually, you don't. And so Annie talks about that. She talks about quarantine, about, oh, just so many different things and how to really connect with your audience. And you've heard me say this before. I've had a number of leaders like Annie, Lisa Turker, Stan Voskamp, Jenny Allen, etc. But sometimes guys will talk about, you know, look at my audience, but you really want to know who has the audience? Like you got to listen to people like Annie F. Downs. So it was a lot of fun to have this conversation. Tons of leadership nuggets in it. I think you're going to love it. Also, question for you. Okay, here we are in the middle of the reopening of America and into a very uncertain future. And I really think the future is going to reveal a lot about you. And the question is, I think there will be three kinds of organizations over the next few months. We're already seeing this in the headlines. You'll have organizations that don't make it, that fail, organizations that just barely survive, and then some organizations, churches, businesses that thrive. And you're already seeing this in the headlines. So the question I want to ask you is, which are you? And uh, my team and I have put together a little quiz with some tips after it. It's called the Will I Thrive Quiz there are some, I think, characteristics that are going to determine whether or not you're going to thrive in this uncertain environment moving forward. If you want to take the quiz that I put together on that, you can do so by texting Will I Thrive to 33777 or simply go to willithrive.com. So it's a super short quiz, like two minutes long. Uh, we'll link you to some tips and some resources, but simply text Will I Thrive to 33777 or go to willithrive.com. There's no question mark, even though that's a question. It's just willithrive.com or Will I Thrive to 33777. And uh, yeah, I'd love to help you figure out how to thrive in this really uncertain time ahead as we move into whatever the new normal looks like. And uh, speaking of the new normal, well, finances are anything but stable. And it's really interesting because there are already winners and losers. I mean, you read the headlines every day. There are some churches, organizations that are really struggling and others that honestly, they're afraid to say it out loud, but they're having their best year ever. What's going on? Well, as Generis knows, economic cycles simply reveal what was already happening below the surface. So if your planning and processes were effective before March, the current crisis is probably not rocking your world. Your giving may actually be up. So they have put together to help churches a brand new resource called Your 2020 Budget Just Blew Up, 
Now What? It's a short ebook. I've read it. It's fantastic. I actually wrote the foreword for it. You can get it for free at generis.com forward slash carry 2020. So that's generis. It's like Genesis with an R, G E N E R I S dot com, carry, C A R E Y 2020. Um, so just go there, generis.com forward slash carry 2020. You can download it for free. They also have a free complimentary support hotline for anyone who needs some in-the-moment assistance. You can get that all at generis.com forward slash carry 2020. So hopefully those resources help you. And I would love to know whether you're going to survive or thrive in the future. Uh, make sure you check that out by going to willithrive.com. Well, NEF Downs has millions of podcast listeners a month. Uh, she actually pivoted for COVID and saw a massive spike. Uh, she was in quarantine when we talked about this. She is a best-selling author, nationally known speaker, and podcast host based in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, well, it's a fun conversation. You would not expect anything else from NEF Downs. So here we go. NEF Downs, welcome back to the podcast. It's so good to hang out again. Hi, Gary. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. I got to ask you, uh, this is day 40 of lockdown yeah. for you. Yes. And perhaps by the time this airs, uh, the state of Tennessee will be free again, or uh, at least somewhat back in the open. Uh, but who knows where this crazy is going? I want to start by asking you this question. How has the global pandemic, COVID-19, impacted you personally so yeah. far? Well, as far as the actual sickness, a couple of my very close friends got really sick. Wow. And so I've seen the virus up close and it is ugly. And really? it is, I, I, thank God, none of my friends have died from it, but I have had friends hospitalized. And uh, in fact, here in Nashville, one of my best friends was one of the first 10 cases positive in our um, county, oh, which is why I got locked down so early because I had been right. with her the day before. She was sick. We had, we were all, to, a whole group of us were together she gets has symptoms the next day, is tested, and in two days later, we're told by the health department not to leave our house for ten days. Which Carrie, oh. at the time, I thought, how will I ever survive ten days? <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Moses did what? forty years. I'm not That's doing right. ten days. That's right. I feel like I'm on the forty year path now, but uh -huh. but now we're forty days in, and I'm like, man, that was a joke. Ten days is for amateurs. Anybody can do ten days. I thought, but it was different because we were genuinely quarantined, meaning we weren't allowed to leave our houses. We, we got called by the health department one to two times a day. I mean, it was a, it was really intense, but it was because we, they were trying to keep it from spreading, which is, as we know now, is very challenging. And so that's been my up close experience with it. Wow. Um, it has been scary to watch my friends be so sick with something that feels like an invisible um, enemy that, that no one can even figure out. And so that was, that was scary. It's been really lonely. Mm. Um, the, I am not married yet. I don't have kids yet. And so I, and I don't have a roommate or any pets. And so it has literally been me. Just for 40 you days. and the walls. Yeah. yeah. For 40 and days. that means no hugging for 40 days. That means no. And you just don't realize, I, I don't know about emails. I didn't realize what a life giving, uh, part of my life physical touch was and is oh. until it is gone. And Annie, like, I can tell you, we saw a half dozen people on Sunday, which is very rare. And it was social yeah. distancing, visiting on a front porch. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a huggy guy. I just wanted to go up and hug all of them. Yes. And I'm like, what is that? That's so yes. weird. And, you know, I happen to be married and I've been with my wife for the last 40 days. But like, 
It's a very different scenario. I got to ask, yeah. did your friends recover? Are they in recovery yes, right they, now? Everyone is done. In fact, uh, one of the great things, it, it's been a little bit of a strange experience for us because it feels like we crested over the experience really early. That right. does not necessarily mean that's true, but because my social group went through, oh my gosh, are people getting sick? People are sick. Oh, could I get sick? I'm really scared. I'm really nervous. I'm stuck at home. Oh, look, they're starting to get better. Oh, they relapsed. Oh, wait, they are getting better. Oh, they're better. We walked through all of that and have been done with that for two weeks. <laughs> so I think that makes me feel a little more impatient mm-hmm. because my actual social group, it seems to be on the backside of the experience. I don't know what science would say. I'm just telling you experientially what we have experienced is it kind of like, oh man, it's hard to, it's hard to stay home when all my friends are better. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's very similar here. We have not been a hot spot north of Toronto. Yeah. And I was very concerned for my parents, for my wife's parents and for other people. Right. And uh, a few people's parents have had it and they have actually recovered rather miraculously. Yeah. And now I'm on the, I just don't want to line up to go grocery shopping again, which I realize is a hundred percent selfish. hundred yeah. percent. I'm selfish. telling you, that the only time I've had like breathing anxiety, breathing problem level anxiety is at the grocery store. Wow. Everywhere else. Every time I'm outside, I'm fine. We've done some social distancing things at friends' houses and I feel fine. And But man, when you have to go to the grocery store and you're like, who touched that? Did I touch that? Why aren't mm-hmm. they wearing a mask? Do, they need, do I need to be wearing this mask? Like, I don't have on gloves. Are they judging me because I don't have on gloves? And I mean, it is, it is, it causes anxiousness in my soul. So I don't want to go because I don't want to feel that. Yeah. yeah. Now, if not to get too personal, but did you end up getting tested? Because tests are pretty rare and hard to come by. But did they end up testing you officially no, for COVID or you didn't. just had to monitor so, your symptoms? That's right. So we took our temperature every day. And mm-hmm. then the health department uh, employee who would call us every day would ask, she called all seven of us that were quarantined from the same party and would ask us the same set of um, symptoms. And I never had a fever. I've never felt off. I know that, that you can be a carrier and not have it. Mm-hmm. But it, this is so strange, Carrie. So the girl who got it, that my really close friend who was sick, they were at a party um, the Saturday night before. This is the first week of March. And 33 people got it at that party. Oh, my gosh. So it's like a and, super spreader scenario right. thing. And so what Vanderbilt, ha- Vanderbilt University is here. And so they've yeah. been studying that up-close group of going like, how did 33 out of 50 people show symptoms in four days or less? Wow. And the others, so because, so I say to you, the reason I didn't get tested is they're so closely watching the group who did get sick that any of us that didn't have symptoms, they just wanted us home while they watched that up-close group. Isn't that fascinating? So the 40 days of quarantine, and I mean, for you, you're hyper, hyper social. You're out all the time. Like all you the bring time, the fun, Gary. you are the fun. What has that been like emotionally and even spiritually for you to be yeah. in this relational desert? Yeah, it has been uh, it has been really hard. Hmm. I I've had when we switched from quarantine to stay home. Uh, I was on. I had one more day left of quarantine when our governor announced that everyone would be staying home, and that day was the worst one of all of them. Yeah, because I was like, I was almost free. Like I was almost out and now everyone's going to be home. So now not only am I not getting out, but at least at least during uh, my quarantine, people could come to my patio and they could be on the sidewalk and I could be on the patio and we could talk. Now people won't even be able to come over and I can't go. I mean, I had to like get under a weighted blanket and have a moment. I mean, I needed a break. 
Um, so it's been really hard emotionally. I am very uh, open and public that I don't want to be unmarried for the rest of my life. This isn't the life I would have picked for myself. And so it's not like I'm like, man, this is fun being alone. I'm like, God, I didn't want this when I was social. I certainly don't want this when I'm stuck. And um, and I don't, I'm an Enneagram, I identify as an Enneagram 7. Mm-hmm. And, and my behaviors and motivations look like that. And I know myself really well, Carrie, and have done a lot of therapy, which is what I have right after this with you, <laughs> is my counseling appointment. And my fear going into this and what has made it so emotionally challenging, I'll, I'll answer real quick and then I'll tell you spiritually, is that if I don't have pretty high boundaries on myself, I can be a glutton for anything. Okay. I can watch all the TV. I can do no work. I can sleep late every day. I can eat like I'm a terrible, like and all the things that make you feel bad. I don't think mm-hmm. there's bad food. I think there's things that my body doesn't like that I want to eat anyway. And, and I can just glutton out super hard. And so I've been scared of that every day, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Right. And, and that's being emotionally a seven, challenging to be afraid of your of your motivations every day. Your wing eight? <laughs> and to be afraid you? of yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wing eight yeah, for sure. I yeah. do. You know me really yeah. well. <laughs> Depending on the day, it could be right. eight, seven, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And as our mutual friend Ian Cron would say, and my wife laughs at this when she read my profile, if anything yeah. is worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's it. Um, so emotionally, it's been hard. And spiritually, uh, one of my goals has been to keep a pretty steady schedule every day. So I still get up like I was getting up and leaving my house. I still get ready. I still have my time with the Lord in the morning. So that has remained kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I am reading through the Gospels this year every month. So I read a different version of the Bible, but I read Mark. January, February. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John every month. So I'm reading the mm. same thing cyclically for the whole year. I just thought it would be interesting. I've yeah, yeah. I've never read the Gospels that much, and I want to know Jesus better as a person and as a friend. And I think if you listen to his friends, if you listen to somebody's friends talk about them every day for a year, you're going to know that person better. <laughs> and and so that's what I wanted to do. And and the, the coolest stuff has happened because every day. I mean, I'm on my fourth round. This is April. And mm. still every day, there's something I haven't seen yet. Wow. And and so the uh, when I started Luke, I cried reading Luke 2, which we've heard a million times because even the kid in the Peanuts cartoon can say Luke 2. And he says it to us where, you know, there were shepherds out in the field and they were oh. watching the star, you know. And I just cried and I kind of had to have a check-in with myself of like, hey, be a good friend to yourself. Why are you crying? Talk, mm. let, like, let's talk about why you're crying. And that story was really true to me in December when my life was normal. Mm. And that story is just as true today when my life is not normal. And it is just what has happened for me spiritually is all the things that that felt pretty solid under me, I've kind of jumped up and down on to see if I'm really sure they're solid. And, And like scripture. And scripture has proven to be exactly what God says it is, which is 100% true and full of hope and living and active. And so spiritually, I feel like I've gotten some good experiences um, while trying to be a good friend to myself, while being my only friend here, and and having some emotional challenges and some sadness, lots of sadness and lots of loneliness. There has been, there has been. I don't want to be like, there's been a nearness of God because I feel like that's like a cheesy Christian thing yeah, to yeah. say that any of our friends who aren't Christians would be like, what does that even mean? <laughs> but what I would say is I have felt like I understand. I have um 
I know God better today than I did 40 days ago. That's true. Uh, it's a good place to be in. What is your self-talk like when you're discouraged, when yeah. you're struggling and you're trying to move yourself out of that place? Yeah. You know, one of the, I say this a lot to my friends and to people listening to me online where I say, be as good a friend to yourself as you are to everyone else. Because you want to, you know, like if I called you and said, Carrie, I'm having a terrible day. You'd be like, well, what can I do? Do you want me yeah. to, can I order you something to eat? Are you hungry? Are you tired? Do you need to take, you know, you would do whatever you could to help me. And, and so my self-talk has been, what does it look like to be a good friend to yourself, to Annie? And so there are times where I will, I mean, there was a day last week where I just did not want to get out of bed. And it's just not an option when we have things scheduled to record or when we have work to do or, and so I just put my hand on my chest. And I said, okay, tell me why you don't want to get up. Hmm. Just tell me why you don't want to get up. And then I said out loud why I didn't want to get up. And then I said, I totally get that. Let's list out three reasons it'd be great to get up today. I mean, I just talked to myself like there are two of me, which may That's sound amazing. insane, but That's I have no amazing, other friend Annie. here. I have no one else to, I'm going to cry saying this too. I don't have anybody else. Yeah. And so, Okay. Who else is going to care for me besides the Lord and me? And so it is appropriate and not insane to ask yourself if you're okay and to answer. Sorry. So I've been doing that a lot. I've been doing a lot of self-care um, and a lot of self-talk and a lot of like, I mean, even today I, I, I said something kind of like off-center to myself of like, well, yeah, that is probably why that happened. And then I literally stopped. I looked in the mirror. I was like, hey. We aren't doing that today. That is, you are all right. It's nobody knows how to do this. You know, I just had one of those moments of like, hey, don't speak like that to yourself, you know, and uh, and 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 self talk, whether you're alone or whether you're with people, is a, uh, a I mean, Jesus said the greatest commandments is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, your strength, and love others as yourself. Yeah. Right. There were there were three distinct groups he wanted you to care about, and it's God and others and you. And I'm getting a lot of practice on how to be a good friend to myself. I'm so glad. Thank you for sharing that, Annie. And uh, I'm a little emotional too. <laughs> I, um, I've not been very good to myself over the years. And one of the things I'm learning in my long journey is you deal with the issue and that it's not always personal. Right? That's right. Okay. That's right. So you did this or you said that or, you know, as an eight, it's probably you said that. That's nine times out of 10, <laughs> my problem. I yeah. said it. And, you know, I am not my words and I'm not my action in that moment. And, yeah. you know, we believe the story of creation and redemption for everyone else, but we don't believe it for ourselves. That's it. That's exactly right. Because mm -hmm. the way you would tell me about how, I, how to handle my mistakes is oh. so different than the way you'll talk to yourself about how to handle your mistakes. A hundred percent. And I would be like, Annie, come on. Like, I know you and I know what you do. And yeah, you got some moments, but like, come on. But then I'm like, oh, this defines me. Yes. And then you have to go, no, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And I had a little conversation about this yesterday on Instagram because I said to the people who follow me on Instagram, I know what you would literally do for me, for Annie F. Downs, mm. who you care about from a distance. You would order me flowers. Why don't you order you flowers? You would yeah. ask me if I'm okay. Why don't you ask yourself if you're okay? Treat yourself as good as you'd treat the person on the other side of Instagram that you think highly of. If you would treat yourself that, as that kindly and with that much compassion, then 
then you will better love other people too, I think. I mean, I think that's what Jesus said, is love other people as you love yourself. The more you become a good friend to you, you actually have more sympathy and kindness toward others too, because you're not, a lot of times that stuff we spout off and the stuff we say out of anger is because we're unhappy with something on the inside anyway. Mm-hmm. So the, the and more you're compassionate a preacher, you get towards yourself. You know, you're a preacher, <laughs> an author, a communicator, and it really gets down, as you said, to our foundations. Like, do you actually right. believe that God loves people? Because if you're preaching it, but not living it, it's very different. And you listen to the narrative of a lot of preaching and a lot of preaching. We'll get to there at the end of the interview, but a lot of preaching is you're terrible. God hates you. Clean up your act. Change your behavior. Change your behavior. Yeah. And maybe maybe you'll squeak by. And none of us believe that theologically, but that's how we behave. Right. Oh, that's so honest. That's so honest. And. You know, it's disrupted our emotional life. It's disrupted uh, everything, our patterns, our habits. But, you know, as an author, as a speaker, as mm-hmm. a, a faculty member, teaching team member at Crosspoint Church, everybody's had to pivot. Everyone's yeah. been pivoting your 40, 50 days into your pivot now. Yeah. Um, what has that been like for you? Because you had a whole speaking tour lined yeah. up and, you yeah. know, you're going city to city. You got this crew. It was probably a year in the making. And then... Yep. Boom, you can't even leave your house. That's right. I think that's such a great word. I think that we should hold on to the word pivot because what pivot Mm. doesn't require and doesn't say is that you have to let go of what you had planned. It just means Uh, you have to change. You're not not ejecting from the map you're on and landing on a new map. The road just turns. All right, right. that happens all the time. That's part, you're, you're on the same map. Your calling is the same. It's been funny because... Uh, One of the things we do in my company is in the first couple of days, weeks of January, we have a company-wide meeting. My agent flies in. I pretty much bring in everyone who works with us at some point during the year. And we make up a big yes-no list for the whole, like, here's what Annie is going to do this year, and here's what she isn't going to do this year. Hmm. And and pretty much, like, probably day four or five, and I've shared about it online before. We haven't shown the list because it's, you know, there's a difference between having a secret life and a private life. We don't have mm-hmm. secrets, but there's private things in my company sure. that we don't talk about publicly. And so I haven't shared the list, but we talked about building it. And I mean, I bet on day three, Carrie, there were people saying, has your yes-no list changed? What's different on your yes-no list? And I was like, hey, I'm still crying about being home. How about if I settle <laughs> down before you think about my strategy? But what has happened is none of those yeses and nos switched categories because we know what we're called to but there has been pivoting to those yeses and nos. Yeah. Some of the nos that were very good and very true in quarter one will be true again in quarter three and will be true again in quarter four. But in quarter two, they pivoted and it mm-hmm. made sense. I had more time. I could do this. I could do that. Um, and so I, for me, it has looked like we do a two day a week podcast for That Sounds Fun. But we added in a daily morning show yes. that's just 30 minutes. That's just fun. Because my because I was so sad when I got on lockdown before the rest of my city that I asked my buddy Eddie, who's an author as well, a counselor, works for IJM. He said, I, he and I talk about a lot of stuff. He and his wife are dear friends of mine. I said, will you just start recording 30 minutes a day with me and we can just talk about whatever until I'm out of quarantine? Well, we thought it was 10 days. We're on, we're, we have like 29 episodes now or something. Um, but that's a pivot where you think, what, what does this, okay, you're going to love this story. I don't think I've told you this in real life yet. My last book idea, uh, when I was pitching it to publishers, what yeah. I didn't know is that someone had written that book already. Like, oh, wow. I mean, the book. 
And after we pitched to a lot of publishers, my assistant sends me an email and says, is this kind of like what you've, what we've been talking to people about? And that it is like- the worst feeling in the world. Title, cover. I mean, you could not have, it, it is the strangest. No way. It, it's like time travel. You wrote the book yeah, yeah. and then you discovered yeah. it at a later time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some like, um, there's some questions about whether this other author is, likes my things I talk about, but- Perhaps, fine, perhaps fine, was exegeting you a little too closely. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Or possibly I've been a fan of hers and I accidentally dreamed up the same book she was writing. Who can know which way oh, it goes? Oh my goodness. Either way, it it was, oh no, all these publishers think I'm going to write book A and book A exists. And my agent said to me, and, and I freaked out, Carrie. I mean, I oh, yeah. freaked out. I was like, there goes my future in writing because I don't know what else to write. And my agent said, this isn't, what does this ruin? The question now is, what does this make possible? And I thought, that's a pivot, right? The pivot mm. question is, what does the quarantine at home make possible? So for me, it makes possible a 30-minute show every day, because as you can see from my fancy wall decor, <laughs> I nailed a blanket to a wall in my guest room so that the room sounds good. And we sit here for 30 minutes in my pajamas usually, while I'm drinking my morning tea and talk. And that's mm -hmm. something I can't do at the office. And so there's things like that that feel very, um, that feel like a real gift in the middle of this. And so pivoting to me is finding the gifts in this. Um, but we, you know, and we can talk church strategy a little bit. Crosspoint has had to pivot on a couple of levels because our church got hit by a tornado. Yeah. And 10 days later, we were on lockdown as a city. You were and portable so we church had, for one week. We were portable uh, church for a week. That's right. So, some subscribers, you'll remember, we had Kevin Queen on as part of the crisis yes. panel where he told that story. We'll link to it in the show notes just to to tie the bow on it for some leaders listening. But that, yeah, that's incredible. And you're part of Kevin's, the teaching team with Yeah, I'm Kevin. part of his teaching team. Yeah. That's right. And so, I mean, so we had to pivot once and then quickly pivot again. And so either the question each time is either... Why is everything being ruined? <laughs> or what does this make possible? Uh -huh. And so I think that, and so for me, we're seeing that at church, that it makes possible that we can um, we can teach a new theme than what we were. We had a whole series, as most churches do, we had a whole series laid out for the next eight weeks, and Kevin changed it two weeks yep. ago. Garbage As can. he should, yep. mm -hmm. as he should. And he, I, I mean, it, I could not speak more highly of the people leading Crosspoint Church right now. I am mm. so honored to even be friends with them, much less get to teach alongside them. Him, Matt Warren that you've had on, Drew, Drew Powell that you've had on, um, Kevin Cook, I, I could just go on and on. But as I've watched them lead and watched them pivot, it has affected how I run my business too. Of like, okay, they thought they were going to do something totally different. What can, what can I do now? Well, right. a morning show. I can get my novel written that has a deadline. I can do more Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. I can, we actually have more meetings as a staff because we meet every morning on Zoom than we ever do when we're sitting in the office together. And it feels a little bit more intentional. And I mean, we joked before we started, I feel like I've done more work in the 40 days of quarantine than I did the first 100 days of the year. <laughs> That's very, very true for a lot of us. One of the things, Annie, that, that's interesting, I've heard a number of people say this, but they said um, that in these first month, six weeks, whatever, um, 
we're cementing our reputations. This is how you mm. will be remembered five years from now, 10 years wow. from now. So you think about what you said about your leadership team at Cross Point Church and how your respect just went through the roof. It was already high, but you're yes, like, oh my gosh, like yeah. a decade from now when everything's whatever normal will be mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. after this is a memory, you're going to sit around and talk about being hit by a tornado, being a portable right. church for a week, pivoting to right. online. These are the foxhole right. stories. You're going to talk about the 40 days of lockdown, daily podcasting. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to get your take on that to, you know, how how do you think people are going to remember even your leadership in this season? Because mm-hmm. you've done something that a lot of people wouldn't have normally done, which is, you know, you've gone to daily podcasting. And right. sometimes, you know, I've listened to some of those episodes. There's not even an agenda. You're just having no. like morning <laughs> tea with people with, well, with we, Eddie. We talked 20 minutes today about the difference between soup and stew and chowder. So you want to know the kind of content I'm going to be remembered for in five years, Carrie Newhoff? You've you've really got me excited about it. <laughs> no, but there's something deeper here, which I think yeah. is fascinating. And we got on it last time you were on the show a little bit, but I want to drill down on it more. You're just friends with your audience, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I hope, okay. and so that's that would be that would be what I want to be remembered for is people felt like felt like they had a friend the whole time. Hmm. And and the interesting thing, when I when that 10 days started for me, Carrie, about day four, pretty early, I got my first day in was Saturday. It was Monday. Um, my first day in, in my yeah. own house. I live here. Like I wasn't, I didn't get put in jail. I live, I, I get to be in a very f- nice place for myself. Yes. Um, I, when my third day that morning, I felt in my time with the Lord, I felt an invitation. And I felt like he was saying, I want you to go first and I want you to tell the truth. And so the days that this is too hard for me, I say that on Insta story. And I just say like, it's hard for me being alone, but it's hard for people. I mean, so many of my friends have toddlers and it is hard being in a house with toddlers 24 seven. And it's hard being with a bunch of teenagers who are trapped without their friends. And we're getting to the point where elementary, middle school, high school kids are starting to really grieve not being with their friends Mm -hmm. and they're acting out. I'm seeing it in my friend's kids where they're being their normal one moment and then they're super off the next moment and they just miss their friends Mm -hmm. because we aren't cool enough to be their friends. And I get it. And um, we were playing a soccer game this weekend, which, you know, we're all, we're doing like long distance kicking (laughs) and the little like eight year old got super frustrated, but he's super frustrated because it's all grownups and he wants to play with people his own height. Like, I get that. And so there is, um, there is, I, I just have to tell the truth about that stuff. And that is how I hope I'm remembered is like, yeah, Annie was my friend during that. And she told me the truth. And because what happens then, Carrie, is if people believe you now, they'll believe you then. Mm, <laughs> and yes, so yes. if they believe me now, then when I am on the cross point stage, they believe me then. And when I am telling them something about Jesus, they believe me then because they believe me when I tell them I've been wearing, when I count how many days I wear slippers in a row, you know? Uh-huh. Well, and I wish, I wish because there's been a, a big discussion on my blog and in different forums about, you know, production levels and what do you yeah, need? I've and you got a lot of pastors going back into the studio and setting up home studios. You have to have lights and everything. I wish for a moment 
and I'm not sure we're going to put this on YouTube. I wish people could see the setup because it's amazing. In my you house? have a $99. Yeah, do you want me to turn it? What's that? <laughs> you want me to just turn so they can see? Do you want? Me yeah, to yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe we'll put this on YouTube. It's your yeah, call it's at the end of the it. day. I mean, it's just a blanket. There's the to blanket. A well, bed. you know, that's a pretty high-end blanket you've got there, Annie. Well, it is from Target, Carrie, so I'm very fancy. <laughs> and then you're right. I mean, it is a it it's is a $98, $98 Yeti Amazon. mic. Mm-hmm. Exactly yeah. right. And a pair of $20 headphones. And I have it set up on a candle so that it's high enough. <laughs> so we're really doing the business. That is we? the best. And, and then two miles from here is my podcast studio with professional equipment. And it's in beautiful lighting, and we can't be there right now. And so, so just to give people an idea of impact versus investment, which I think is really important. Do you have any idea in the last 30 days how many downloads you would have had on your podcast? Got to be a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing that is easiest to look at is Amazon rankings. Oh, yeah. And we're... we're our daily shows and our Monday, Thursday shows are staying, you know, if you scroll down the top shows in faith and religion, we're, we're peppered and all through it. Right. And so people are listening. We have, we've doubled our listenership on a daily basis. So you've doubled your listenership on a daily yeah. basis. And is that, sorry, just to clarify, is that Apple or Amazon? Is it Apple ratings? Uh, Apple, Apple. Sorry, did I say Yeah, Amazon? yeah, no, My that's apologies. okay. Just, yes, just, the Apple charts, the, the podcast charts That's 28 emails. Apple. So, um, yeah, I'm um, so sorry. Yeah, the Apple podcasting. So, and and I know roughly your metrics. So that would be like hundreds of thousands of listens. And um, probably in, we've had, we've, we've had millions. Millions. Okay. Yeah. So millions of listens yeah. in the last month. Yeah. And you're literally in a makeshift studio that's right. And as you said to me before we started recording, I don't even have a ring light. Like I never yeah, bought the ring light, right? <laughs> I know, because I was like, sorry, Carrie, I don't even like look uh, lit up. Carlos Whitaker would just kill me because he's like <laughs> so much better at pe- setting up a good scene. No, but, yeah, 100%, I, mean, and, and, I mean, even everything for my show we're doing on this microphone right now, I record it in Zencaster and my producer pulls it off as Zencaster. And I mean, all the intros, outros, everything is happening just like this right here. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, we'll talk after. Maybe we'll throw it up on YouTube because this is the case in point. It is really about connection. It's not about right. production. Can That's you riff right. on that for a little while? What does connection look like with your audience? Because yeah. people are saying, like, if you watch Fallon or even, I don't know that you saw SNL oh, when yes. Tom Hanks was in his kitchen. Yes. Like, those were great moments, man. Do you like that? as an Like, as an Enneagram 8, as a male, as a pastor, as a leader of leaders, do you like the um, home-looking feel of Jimmy Fallon and of SNL? I thought it was brilliant. I yeah. really did. Because yeah. it, what it does, it's the great equalizer. I mean, for yes. podcasting with like you and me, uh, I've, this is my basement. Yeah, we yes. renovated it a few years ago, but this is the basement of my house. And right. Right. I met with my team today. There's seven of us, I think, yeah. who work at this kind of full-time. And we managed to reach over a million people every month. Like, it's insane. And you're like, uh, you know, a decade ago, this was millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment that you would have to make. You would have to own the Literally a decade ago, which is not that Literally a decade ago, you had to get a cable show to do what you do right now. And I think the pivot that a lot of pastors are making is they just assume that this is going to take millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars in a production crew and I'm only as good as the quality of my production. 
And actually, you're only as good as the quality of your connection. And what what Fallon showed with his wife as videographer was, and his daughters in, you know, the crawl space. Yes. And doing the graphics and reading his monologue, like, to help people thrive in life and leadership, like, you know, almost a monotone. And I'm like, he's reading it off the, off a piece of paper. Last night he did the first round of jokes on his phone and the second on paper. I was like, he must've just gotten those late and get it, didn't get a chance to print them off. Yeah. I, I have, I'm a huge fan of him. Mm. Uh, He's, he's someone that if you said like outside of the faith space, who would you model after? It is, it's Jimmy Fallon. Because what every one of us feel about a lot of people think he's think he's a little goofy mm-hmm. and and may not love some of the games and whatever. But what what people feel about him is like Jimmy's one of us who's gotten a really good break. Like yeah. Jimmy's one of us. He's like a normal guy who is hosting the Tonight Show and now he's in his house and and his daughters draw the Tonight Show logo every day. And and I have just been and same with SNL. I, I was so impressed with their pivots. I mean, all they've done yeah. is pivot. And, and still create something that makes us as the person watching on the other side go, oh, they're just like me. They're mm. just like me. We're all just doing our best. I mean, I have a, I put up a YouTube video on Fridays and um, called Annie's Fun List. And le- we did one that is like a chai, how to make an iced chai. <laughs> Harry, it is you pour the concentrate in and you pour the milk in and you shake it. I mean, it is like, not wait, can you say that again? No, right. <laughs> I'm such a food blogger, right? But here's the thing that's a that's what I drink in my real life, mm-hmm. and B, it is great to show people that you're normal, right? There's just so much posturing that happens online. So many famous people who who have the ability to have these beautiful pictures taken at home and and have a photographer with them all the time. And, uh-huh. and that's just not true for any of us anymore. That has never been true for me as an Annie. Right. And so, so there is something about the celebration of connection and normalcy right now that, uh, that people really connect with. So when we see pastors doing prayer gatherings from their living room, and they're, I love that. Mm-hmm. It does not have to look, the only people that I've watched like get things shipped to their houses and that kind of stuff is like Carson Daly for the, for yeah. the, um, the morning show he's on, the Today uh-huh. Show. Sorry, I couldn't Yeah, yeah. It. You're like, well, you didn't even have to do that because Jimmy Fallon doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Jimmy and his wife last night got in their VW van and put the camera up in the middle and answered questions from inside <laughs> a van. Like, that's... So, so what people want, what I want, Carrie, as a, as a person who's taking in content, is I want content that makes me feel like the person on the other side understands that I am stuck mm. and understands that I do not know how to do tomorrow and understands that I've worn, I haven't put on jeans in some time. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, everybody wants to feel like, it's the, you said it earlier, we've all been equalized to some degree. Mm. Now, that is a privileged position as well because we've oh, yeah. all been equalized, but the content we take in has all been equalized. There are people on our on in our cities in our country that are deeply hurting and have, you know, homelessness abuse that that it is not equalized for them unfortunately. Correct. But Correct. as far as the content we're taking in, Jimmy yeah. Fallon and I use the same con use the same pieces of equipment to get That's stuff out. That's exactly it. He's yeah. he's not New York anymore. 
I mean, I was I was oh. there at the end of February, I guess, as the virus was outbreaking, but nobody really knew it. And, you know, yeah. I'm there, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I'm walking right by it in uh, just off yeah. Times Square. And I'm like, right. oh, now he's in his house. And right. whether he's in, in the Hamptons house. or wherever he is doesn't really yeah. matter. How do you, because um, I want to I take good use of this time. I think you're masterful at connecting with your audience. So mm-hmm. if you could... Um, dissect that a little bit for us. What does it look yeah. like for you to connect with your audience and for your mm-hmm. audience to connect with you? Because they are loyal and they take action. Yeah, they are. I'm very thankful. Um, part of it is that I don't ever use, I do use the word audience. I don't ever use the word fan because I think it's yeah. super <laughs> weird. And I'm like, no, don't, why, why would you do that? Number one, I've lived with me every day of my whole life. There is nothing to fan over here. I trust <laughs> I have as behind the scenes uh, look as anybody. It ain't that interesting. Uh-huh. So, so I, I mean, I, I have built this um, career and this company and my work around my only job to and to honor God and bring Him glory is to be friends with people. Hmm. That is what I, that is what I'm supposed to do. That is what I'm asked to do by God. I think is like, can they just? Can you just say to them what you'd say to any of your other friends? Again, there still becomes that like not a secret life, but a private life. I do have yeah, a private life sure. that we don't talk about online, but but connection wise, when I open my Instagram, when I start talking to Insta Story, when I am writing up something on Instagram, when I'm working on books, when I'm thinking about who to have on the podcast, and when I'm doing interviews for my podcast, um, my fil- the very first filter is what would you say to a friend? Mm-hmm. You're talking to your friends. What are you going to say to your friends? And so sometimes it comes out really dumb and silly and I don't do it again because I'm like, well, they know me. They know me. They know yeah. that that's going to be, you know. And um, and so to me, the connection point, the thing that I work the hardest at under the umbrella, you know, because if you don't say this, someone will send you an email and I don't want to blow up your inbox. <laughs> under the umbrella of bringing glory to God, because that is why I exist on this planet, sure. is to hopefully do do a little bit of work that brings him glory, uh, is is to make people feel and and genuinely feel like I'm their friend. And and friendship is really valuable. People love having friends. And and so my call on my life is to work really hard to make sure anyone who wants to be friends with me feels like I want that too. Hmm. You're so uh, transparent, you're so open, and you're vulnerable as we saw um, you know, even earlier on in this interview, yeah. how do you? Well, it's because dis- you and I are friends, and I'm yeah. telling you the truth. <laughs> no, I so appreciate it. But Annie, you're so real, and that's that's what real. You know, you know, this is a leadership podcast, and we're yeah. talking to leaders here. But often we can have a public face, right? And yeah. so I try to be vulnerable and transparent. In you know, as a guy who's leading, mm-hmm. but I watch mm-hmm. you and I watch our mutual friends, just two come to mind, Lisa Turkhurst and Voskamp. I was messaging yeah. Ann this morning, you know, and Ann is just so raw at a level of yes. raw that I'm like, whoa, you know, that yeah. is so transparent. And she's she does just, it so poetically. You're like, yeah. she's just, everything she says rhymes so beautifully. Like it's Snow White talking, but it's something terribly tragic she's saying. I know. <laughs> she's amazing. Anne, right? That is yeah, totally I Anne. just like blow things up and cry. And, she, and I'm like, go look at Anne. She's so much better at this. But it feels like you play with your life, not play with your life, but mm-hmm. you come forward. You you step forward with your with your life. And so that's why mm-hmm. you can talk about, here's how you make a chai tea latte, powder, yes. water, 
yeah. you know, mix it up. <laughs> and right. and then, oh, yeah, I'm in day 40 of quarantine. And actually yeah. today sucks, right? Or yeah. Tuesday you went yeah. cute or whatever it, right. it happens to be. And I just, you know, I'm I'm curious as to... Any advice you would have, and I'm thinking particularly to male leaders, and let's just say perhaps we're not as good at that, not to stereotype, but what would you advise us? Where's the line? Is there a line? Where would you say, oh, would you guys just please be more transparent? Like just coach coach me, coach us yeah. for a moment. You know, sometimes when I, one of the best parts about being on a teaching team with three men is we all read each other's um, work before before we preach it on a Sunday. And so, and so we usually see every sermon for days as it's being built before it comes out on Sunday. And often what I get to remind them is, this is such good content. Our guys write the best content. It's such good content. Will you tell me a story of your life? Mm. Like sometimes it is just so easy to make a list and to, and to stack the four things that that scripture told you. And, and it's so important, but you forget to tell me like how it, how you are changed by it. Hmm. And and so what I've experienced with my guy friends and with preachers that I love is um, is there's just always an opportunity for you to tell me why this mattered to you and why it stood out to you. Not just that it's true. That's a great. Oh, that's a good. That's filter. a great breakdown of the scripture. But after you break down the scripture, tell me why you broke it down that way because your mom said this when you were little and and it stuck with you forever and that's why that word jumped out at you or you've. And I think all of us, I don't think this is a man problem, but I think all of us don't want to talk about our failures from stage. Yeah. But or or even on Instagram. I don't want to talk about I, I still put on makeup every day, right? I'm not like being uh the most vulnerable Annie in the world. But when right. you have that tens of thousands of people looking at you, you're not walking out on stage without makeup. Why would I do an Insta story without it most days, right? Um, and so I there is still a level to me of being professional and not being like. I'm curled up in my bed, watch me cry. Mm. Um, but there is a level of, hey, here's the here's what I'm learning, but here's why it matters to me. Yeah, I like that. You know, I've never heard uh, anybody who counsels preachers, communicators say, why is that important to you? Because there probably is a reason why you're bringing that mm -hmm. forward. And mm -hmm. if you haven't intersected with the text or the message at that level, you're probably not the right person to bring it. It's not ready. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, in fact, this morning I called another buddy preacher of mine and I just, because I was reading about the persistent widow, you know, Luke, because oh, yeah. I'm still yeah. in Luke. And it says, um, will God keep, at the end it says, will God keep putting us off, putting you off? No, he will show justice and quickly. And I was like, will he keep, has he been putting us off? Is that what we're <laughs> supposed to pull from that? Did it, and, and there is a reason that jumped out at me. Uh -huh. And so if I was teaching that from stage, my next move is, do you ever feel like God's keeping you from what you want on purpose? Mm. Sometimes I wrestle with that. And here's why I'm wrestling with that this week, you wow. know? And that doesn't feel good. And I don't want to tell people that, but I know when I read that scripture today, there is a reason that pinged me is because God wanted me to ask myself, why do you think God sometimes keeps things from you? Hmm. And, and, and so I have to wrestle that down. But so they, so when my friends who are teaching or even, you know, on Insta stories or leading in some public way right now, I don't just want to know the scripture. I want to know why the scripture matters to you mm. <laughs> and why, why did it stop you? Because that didn't stop me. I didn't notice that. Kevin taught last week about Joshua and he did a whole thing about how when Moses changed Joshua's name, he changed it from 
Uh, I'm going to mess this up, but I think it meant you will be saved to God will save you or you can save to God will save you. And the power switched off of Joshua to be the one who can do the work. Well, I wanted Kevin and he did. I wanted him to tell me why that mattered to him. But that, I would have never caught that. But I love that he caught it. And then I wanted to know why did Kevin catch that? And on Kevin's highlight reel, you ever notice this whenever he shows up on Instagram, it's always his Uh stories that make it. Yeah, It's always like, you know, we were at Chipotle or we were in the driveway shooting hoops the other day and you get this story. No, yeah. that that's a good challenge. I think a lot of men, I'll just speak for uh, yeah. half of the planet right now, we yeah. hide behind our teaching and we hide behind our ideas. And Yeah, and I appreciate how smart, I appreciate the work that goes into good teaching. Hmm. I know, I, I do it too. I appreciate the work that goes into good teaching. Just tell me, tell me that it moved you. Tell me you picked that scripture. Don't hide behind, don't keep to yourself why this stood out to you because someone listening is struggling with the same thing you're struggling with, but they would have never found that in scripture, but you found it for them. So mm-hmm. tell them you found it and then tell them why you found it. Everyone's got to find their own voice. And I think, you know, if a bunch of us are on Instagram tomorrow showing people how to put powder and water or milk together <laughs> and making a chai tea, it's probably not going to resonate welcome. the way it does. But <laughs> I'd love for you just to take one more crack at this because yeah. I think it is multifaceted. Why do you think there is such an appetite right now for that or for Fallon from home or from, hey, here's, you know, look at, look at, look at my blanket from Target and my $90 mic and you're connecting with millions of people a month. Why do you think there's such an, an appetite for that? Well, I mean, do you have a, do you have a thought of why? No, I'm just, I think you're so good at it. Sometimes we don't understand why we're so good at something. And so- I mean, you've given us a bunch of reasons. I just, okay, let me ask you this. What kind of messages do you get back from people? Whether those are direct messages or comments on your site or emails that you get in your inbox, what are you hearing? Because all of us have a feedback filter that we hear from and often it's good teaching or that was a great idea, but what are you hearing? Yeah, I am hearing uh, that people feel less alone. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm hearing when you, and this was, I think this is what God set me up for a little bit, but I heard a lot in my days, in my 20s, which was most everybody's teens of being trapped at home. I heard people saying, if you can do this, I can do this, which is hilarious because they're like, if you can do this, and I didn't think you could do this. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think you were going to make it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And so I'm hearing a lot of, um, you know, I, I'm the leader that nobody thinks they're following. Does that make mm. sense? Like mm. no one, no one thinks they're shaping their behavior after me, but, or no one goes like, my favorite leader is Annie F. Downs. But yesterday I posted about the flowers that I bought in my house. And within post. hours, the company was out of flowers for the week. Right? So people aren't, people won't list me on the list of most influential women in America, which is fine. But what I know is that my behavior and how I handle things seeps into people and changes what they think. It does not, it does not what they take notes on. It is what they breathe in. Does that make sense? Mm, It does. And I would absolutely, you know, see you as a leader. 
And it's really interesting because I've had this conversation with Lisa on Lisa Turkhurst on this yeah. podcast and to some extent with uh, Ann Voskamp as well. And nobody would don the mantle leader. And yet, to quote John Maxwell, leadership is influence. Clearly, when they sell out yeah. of flowers for the week, there's a bit of influence going on there. Right. And, right. you know, my working definition, because people go, am I really a leader? I'm like, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Look over your shoulder. Is there anyone following? Is there anybody? That's is there right. anybody following? Because there are people who are like, I'm a leader. And it's like, I don't, I don't see anybody um, yeah. behind you. Um, but, and not that you're, you know, you're getting people to follow you. You want to build them up, equip them, you know, Yeah, because when them. you said that, what I thought is, for me, for myself, what I would say is, if, if you look behind you, is there anyone following and how can you make their, how can you make their life better? Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm it's asking. going. So when I go, okay, there are people back here. How can I make their life better? Flowers, Jesus, yeah. chai, uh, a new bag, a sporting event. You know, like, I'm like, how can we, that, and so a podcast to listen to. So that, that definition rings really true to me mm. versus me standing up and going, look, everyone, I'm leading. Don't yes, you see exactly. me leading? Because I've seen Look people do that and it's like, but there's no one in the room and there's no one yeah. commenting and there's no one listening. And, yeah. or, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, that's not condemnation. It's just like, yeah, whether you have the title or not, when you get a million people yeah. or more dialing in going, I just want to hear what you had for breakfast today and right. uh, whether Eddie saw that show last night, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to hear. Exactly. That's exactly. Influence. So I think that, I think that's what connection feels like is when, you are, you feel connected to someone, not because they're telling you that you're leading them, but because you realize they're leading you. Mm. You know, like I'm not announcing to Instagram, you follow me. Right. But, but what I am experiencing is I have to be careful about what I talk about and what books I suggest and what TV shows I talk about because people are watching and listening and, and like the things that I like. The people who follow me like the things that I like. So I tell them what I like. Right. And you and I have talked about that before off mic where uh, you and I are both very careful about what we endorse or what we talk yeah. about. Because if yeah. someone goes out and spends $8 or $14 or an hour on something and they're like, oh, that was a piece of junk. Yeah. that That is a misuse of that leadership. And it was a little bit of a struggle for me with Tiger King because so many people were talking about it. Oh, yeah. And, and I watched it and I wanted to talk about it. But what I didn't want to say is, you should watch it. You didn't want to but endorse I also, it. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to endorse it, but I think it's a funny conversation. I mean, so I, I wrestled down a lot of that stuff and and have voices like you or, you know, Kevin. I have voices in my life, some women that would, that help me. Do I talk about this publicly or not? And, yeah. And, and so, but because it, it matters to me, but you're That's right. Where, if, there's uh, 10, if you have 10 followers on Instagram, you have, you have people that really are listening to what you're doing we should all be paying attention. It's not just those of us who have more than 50, you know? Yeah, exactly. And your influence is always, I don't think it ever stays static. It's either slightly growing or it's diminishing by the way oh, you behave and who yeah. you talk to. I'm not sure it's yeah. a static thing. Whether it's you're probably follower good that it goes both ways. It yeah. needs to go both ways. There are times where your influence, need, my influence needs to shrink back in someone's life and someone else that's a different voice at a different season of life needs to step in. And so those of us who have that influence and when we start to see it wane, which it does, living in Nashville helps because you watch country music stars uh, become shooting stars where oh, you wow. see it go up and up and up and then you see it explode and come down. And so it happens to everyone. It happens to everyone. You have a good album, you have a bad album. You have a good tour, you have a bad tour. You have a good book, you have a bad book. And so 
And so even in my own life, I have to go today, while I've got this amount of ears, while God has trusted me with whatever today's number is that's going to tune in, then tomorrow it may go up or it may go down. But you're right. I haven't thought about it. It, it may go up or it may go down, but God's trusting me with the exact right amount of people tomorrow, as long as I'm trustworthy. Hmm. <laughs> and and then and one day it'll it'll diminish and my wave will go out into the ocean and I'll I'll just care for the people who have my phone number. And <laughs> and when that day comes, if that's what God has asked me to do with my life, I hope I'm thrilled with that. I love that perspective. That is very refreshing. And what I'd love to do, because uh, I'd love to find out who you are paying attention to. Who do okay. you think is leading with influence really well? If people yeah. are looking for new follows, new people to read, and you're like navigating this season, COVID, yes. the post-pandemic, yeah. reopening America, whatever's yeah. happening by the time this thing goes live. <laughs> right. Who, who do you think is leading well in this season? Well, that... I'm probably going to say all people that you really love. Oh, great. Um, so, and that you've had on or should or have thought about. Um, John Mark Comer from Bridgetown yeah. Church yeah. in Portland. I feel like he he is a um he's a gold mine. His books are incredible, but the way he's leading right now, the way Bridgetown Church is leading in prayer is lead. I haven't heard another church, and that doesn't mean they aren't. I haven't heard another church as publicly talk about we fast on Tuesdays and asking God to remove this virus from this country. I mean, I haven't ha- heard anybody else saying we're calling our church to fast um, to get rid of this thing. No, I you know? haven't either. And so, and and they do a daily meditation as well in the mornings that is very compassionate and kind. I listen to it every day. So I feel like John Mark's leading really well. There's a woman on his team named Bethany Allen who's an incredibly good communicator. I, I think follow she, her. yeah, she's really interesting and she's she's great. Um, John Tyson, of course, mm. out of New York City New York at Church City, of the City. Yeah. Um, he's interesting because he's in the hotbed of New York. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a perspective that's very different from mine of being tired of being home. Uh, and the other thing I love about John Tyson is he has done the footwork, literal, the travel footwork to figure out what what brought on revivals in the history of the church and what the role of prayer is. And he is just, a, a, he's brilliant. Yeah. And so you listen to him teach and you listen to his podcast and you hear him on interviews. And I mean, when he was on my show, I was like, is this revival? And he was like, no, people aren't repenting enough. Hmm. I was like, oh, he knows. He knows because he studied them all, <laughs> you know? And so it's not revival yet. It's not revival yet. Right. Um, so I'm listening to John Tyson. I'm listening to Joe Saxton. I think yeah. Joe is leads really beautifully. She is um, she is strong, but kind. Yeah. And I think strong, kind leaders are are kind of, worth their weight in gold. Uh, you can be strong and be too strong and be rude. You can be kind and too soft. And there and to find leaders who are strong and kind, I feel like is a really beautiful combination. So those are the ones that those I'm- Those are great. Yeah, and Joe, the others have been on. Uh, Joe Saxton will be on. Um, yeah, at some point in the next few months, we just did the interview and she is an I Enneagram did. 8. So yeah, she is an eight, strong yeah. and kind. Yeah, yeah, I bet y'all liked each other a lot. Strong huh? and kind. Oh yeah, yeah. she's uh, yeah. she's got backbone. I really respect yeah. her. Yeah, I really me do. Too. Those are some great, really great voices. We'll link to all the profiles in the show notes. And you know, that's been a funny thing too, Carrie. Is that one of the things I think? I think this is a particular Christian problem. Hmm. Is that we do? I said this pretty early in the quarantine, but I think one of the things we have to do is limit how many pastors we listen to. 
purely out of like, you can't be discipled by 60 men and women leaders right now. You need to pick two or three churches. If you want to watch more than just your church on Sunday, commit to two or three. Send them some money, tithe to them like they are your church and stick to them instead of watching nine one Sunday and nine the next Sunday. I've found that for my own mental and spiritual health, having John Mark, John and Joe kind of helping lead me has been enough to keep me between the lines besides my own church, besides Crosspoint. I think that's... It's a good, good advice. I mean, there's so much out there right now and there's so much, there's just so much. noise, noise. Yes. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta pick your lanes. You gotta pick your influencers and, and have enough quiet too, to be able to yes. discern and distill it all. I love how you're reading through the gospels. It's That's great. Awesome. I've never done anything like this before, but I'll send you a picture when we're done. I, I just have, I wrote, I Googled read the gospels in a month and I found the plan. I wrote it in the back of my Bible. And so every day I just mark off 120, 220, 320, 420. And then every month I've found, I've asked myself the whole time, what's one thing about Jesus you didn't know? Oh, wow. And so every month there's been one little thing that stood out to me about Jesus that I didn't know. And this month, even though we aren't finished yet, there was this one, I think it's in Mark, forgive me that I don't remember, but they were talking about Jesus healing people. He had healed a deaf and mute man and everyone was astonished. And the, the phrasing says, everyone was astonished and they said, Jesus does all things well. Hmm. And I was like, Jesus does. That's what people, that is what people said about my friend. That is what people who, who I, now I'm listening to people talk to me about my friend Jesus and they say he does all things well. And, and I, I love that. I've just clung to that this month. Oh, Annie, I got to tell you, every time we talk, I have high expectations and you always just make it better. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You, this has oh, been a fascinating good. conversation. Thank you for what you do. We need voices like you and Jenny Catcher and helping lead the leaders. So thank you. I just cannot thank you enough. I hope paradigm shifting for people. I hope people will go back and re-listen to the part about influence and sort of how this has flattened everybody and why um, millions of people would tune into you every month because I think that is a very different style of leadership and connection mm. and influence yeah. that needs to be understood more because the whole idea of there I am on stage looking really cool. I don't know. I think that's got a shelf life. I think that's got think, a shelf I life. I think it had a shelf life. <laughs> yeah, had a shelf life. Thank you. I for, think it's expired. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. we just change it from how great could these people think I am to how good a friend could I be to them? Uh, will really help us. Let's just ask, how good a friend can I be to the person listening to what I'm saying? And and I think when people fall in love with the people of God, they're going to fall more in love with God. Mm. Hmm. Any of people want to track with you, it's uh, That Sounds Fun podcast and uh, the repository on the internet for all things Annie F. Downs is? AnnieFDowns.com. It's embarrassing how easy it is to find me. Annie F. Downs on all the different places. So Okay. Well, till next time, Annie, thank you so much. Thank you, friend. I'm grateful for you. Well, that was like a really <laughs> vulnerable and honest episode. And honestly, you should just go over and check out the YouTube video version of this, which Annie so graciously allowed us to post because uh, you'll see, this is this is not like a $10,000 studio. This is a spare bedroom. And I just want you to know, you know, I know we're all producing more online content. I mean, I started this podcast for under $1,000. Um, really, you've got all the technology you probably need. And it's the quality of the content, not just the quality of the gear. Do you want better gear? Sure you do. 
but um, you know, you can start with what you've got. Uh, what a great episode. And so head on over to YouTube if you want to see that. We also have show notes, which you can find at kerryneuhoff.com slash episode 340. And I've got a what I'm thinking about segment coming up where I'm going to talk to you about the three kinds of leaders that uh, I think get revealed in a crisis. So uh, in the meantime, though, we are doing more to bring you some real-time resources uh, on how to lead through uncertainty. And I'm super excited about the next episode. I mean, think about all we've been through. We just have Mike Todd talking about that. We've had Joel Manby. Uh, Sean Morgan's episode was amazing. And Joel Manby became the CEO of SeaWorld in the midst of their greatest crisis. He also led through uh, the crash, the dot-com crash of 2000, literally like started almost on day one of the dot-com crash of 2000 uh, when he worked with a partner company of Amazon and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, Joel's back on the podcast and I'll tell you, this episode's gold. Here's an excerpt. When we're in crisis, we tend to accumulate power quickly. Now it's true you have to make fast decisions. Yeah. But if you don't delegate at the same time, we, we become the blocks. We become why the company can't move fast enough. And it is, it's an absolute art, Kerry. It's not a science because on one hand, you do have to move faster. I'm a consensus leader usually, but in a crisis, I, I, I kind of go to majority vote because you just got to move fast. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you, you don't, you, you just can't afford to pull all the power in because then people don't feel empowered and that has a much more destructive behavior, but mostly not being able to move fast enough. Subscribers, you get that all for free. Joel is super transparent. That's coming up on May 19th when we release that. Plus, I just finished up uh, interviews with Scott Harrison from Charity Water, who's got a lot to say about what he thinks is next. Ian Morgan Cron, Paula Ferris, oh, so many more. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, listenership is through the roof on this podcast. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews. And now it's time for what I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking about three different kinds of leaders. This segment is brought to you by Generis. Make sure you check out their new ebook, Your 2020 Budget Just Blew Up. Now what? By going to generis.com forward slash carry 2020. And um, yeah, speaking of thriving in different kinds of organizations, I would love for you to take this little quiz I put together at willithrive.com or text willithrive to 33777. And here's why. There are three different kinds of organizations. And I want to walk you through some of the thinking behind that quiz because we want to come alongside leaders and help you become a thriver, not a survivor. And certainly we do not want you to fail in the midst of all this uncertainty that is upon us and coming our way. So I think really what happens when you go through uncertainty or crisis is there's three kinds of leaders. Uh, the first type of leader I would call is like a frozen leader. And we all felt that. Listen, when March hit, it was like, oh my goodness, this can't be happening. Frozen leaders do not make it. They just don't make it. Uh, they say things to themselves like, I can't believe this is happening. All this is out of my control. Uh, everybody's impacted by this. There's nothing I can do. And they don't really act. So that's one kind of leader. Uh, the second kind of leader is a hesitant leader. So hesitant leaders, they're not frozen, but they really haven't got all the characteristics of the leaders who are really going to thrive in uncertainty and crisis. And the thought bubble of a hesitant leader sounds like, when will things go back to normal? We've made a bunch of changes, so let's just lock in. Do we have to pivot again? Like, really? Can't we just do this for a little bit longer? 
And, and those, those leaders may actually survive because they will adapt a little bit, but they're not going to thrive. And then, you know, the demise might come down the road. And then the third type of leader is what I call an agile leader. And I really think in crisis, agility is ability and flexibility is a superpower. And an agile leader has a very different thought bubble. And so the question is, which kind of leader are you? Right, and, and that's a really good question to ask. So that's why I put that little quiz together, uh, that assessment. And, and I, we were going to call it an assessment, but an assessment always sounds like, oh, I don't have 20 minutes to do an assessment. No, this is two minutes. They're carefully thought through questions. I built the quiz to help you determine what kind of leader are you. Are you an agile leader, a hesitant leader, or a frozen leader? And that has a predictive quality for how your organization is going to do. So I would love for you to take the assessment, the little quiz, head on over to willithrive.com or just text the words willithrive to 33777. And yeah, I'll share a little bit more about that in upcoming episodes. And of course, you know, all of this happens at kerryneuhoff.com. If you can't spell that, just go to leadlikeneverbefore.com. Takes you to the same place. And we have all kinds of crisis leadership resources for you, including some stuff I'm really excited about. Well, thanks so much for listening. I can't wait for the next episode. And I hope our time together today has helped you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, change, and personal growth to help you lead like never before.